0: Log Talk Radio. <laughs>
2: Ah, yesterday was, let's talk about a Tuesday, Church Folk Day, and we talked about that uh, upstate somewhere here in New York, you know, there's an elementary school that at one point opened up its doors to an organization called the Good News Club, and that was a Christian organization, they allowed to hold meetings there at the elementary school. Well, because they have signed on to be a school that allows all, you know, non-school organizations to use the school facilities, well, but some basic, you know, policy restrictions they not only had to open up their doors for the Good News Club, but they actually had to open up the school to the Satanic Temple and Reason Alliance, uh, also known as the After School Satan Club. Yes, yes, yes. Now, here's the thing. You know, again you know, once you have made the decision to open up your doors to all, you know, non-school organizations, if you decide that you don't want this particular organization there, you know, you you might have to eat a lawsuit or two. So they've decided we're not going to discriminate and we're going to allow all organizations to, you know, hold their after school events there. So the Good News Club passed out their flyers to the students and let the students take the flyers home and let, you know, the families know that the Good News Club was there. Well so did the after school Satan Club. Yes. Also passed out flyers and to the children to let the parents know. But they were holding session as well. Now, <laughs> who does that open up the door to uh, all kinds of evil? And, you know, listen, it, it, it is what it is. It's called the Satan. The after school Satan club So you know they're probably Praying as well and You know Doing whatever level of worshipping They're doing and You know what do you do with that What do you Do with That And You know it opened up the Doors to a, a, A large discussion About you know, transference of spirit. And, you know, we really can't underestimate that occurrence. The Bible speaks of it, and and we do have to follow, you know, what the Bible says, whether we want to believe it or not. You know, I don't believe in all of that. Well, you know what, whatever good is presented, Evil can also be presented. Yeah, so you know, imagine your child going to a school that has an after-school Satan club. Well, the parents aren't happy in this in this particular school, and you know, how much can you really say because? Nobody raised all kind of smoke when the Good News Club, you know, came on site and handed out their stuff. And now that the After School Satan Club has, you know, a flyer with a detachable permission slip at the bottom requiring the parents to fill out the, you know, the permission slip and return it. To the school You know Back to the After school club You know You can't Make the argument That It's sending the wrong message And get rid of them (laughs) No Unfortunately Not So You know It's It's only up To your imagination How far This thing has gone. What kind of access does the enemy have to your child now? (coughs) Excuse me. And, you know, what do you do? You know, do you pull your child out of the school? Are you going to start pulling them out of every school that has the after school sitting club in it? Are you going to... Leave a child there and just hope and pray that you know the influence does not hit your child and you know anyone else comes back to the home. Remember that permission slips coming back to the home so you don't know what's coming back to the home. So anybody in your family who's uncovered, Has that possibility Of being exposed And affected Because the fact of the matter is Anybody could be Affected by the presence Of the enemy There is nothing that says That anyone Is not affected by the presence Of the enemy So this is some kind of a dilemma Because years ago We never had to worry about, you know, this on-site. You know, we talked about the fact that, you know, again, we've said this a million times here. When you take prayer out of the schools, you know, Pastor K.L. gave a wonderful, you know, visual of this thing and the fact that the barrier up you know around the school and when you take out of the school now you don't have that covering anymore so now you're exposed your child is, is exposed to anything that goes on there now Imagine visiting the school. You just visiting the school. Imagine now. Check this out. Check this out. Imagine the vendors. Yeah, you know the ones who deliver the school lunch and breakfast. Any kind of books that they're receiving or whatever. You just on site. What happens when you're a plumber and you gotta fix? something, oh my goodness, imagine all all that exposure, because you are on the site, it's the same way, there's the exposure when the Good News Club was on site, and now, there's a war raging all over our children's head. That's what's going on. So we really had a deep conversation yesterday. We talked about looking at the movies, that Michael Myers, looking at the movies, that Jason and Freddy Krueger and that Candyman, that uh, Megan doll and that child and yeah we talking about all of that. This stuff is deep. Can't ignore it. Woo! Go back and listen to yesterday's conversation because it was quite out there. Quite out there. Oh, woo! Yesterday was a good one. Got deep. And it definitely made you raise an eyebrow as to what we contend with on a regular basis. So make sure, you know, you have a godly home. Make sure if you are the one running the home that you cover your home with prayer. Make sure that you read the Bible out loud. Because remember, you know, the names, Lord, Jesus, Redeemer, Savior, all of those names were designed to send the enemy to flight. So you want to make sure those words are being said intentionally, unintentionally, you know. And when I say unintentionally, I don't mean calling the Lord's name in vain. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you're reading out loud, You know, whenever the word of God is flowing through your house, the enemy is like, out of there. Out of there, yeah. You know, get to praying and pray out loud. You know, call on the name of Jesus. Talk to God out loud. You know, all of this silent prayer, it ain't going to get it alone. Start talking to Jesus out loud. All righty? Alrighty So Today Today is Wow Wednesday And you know how it goes down over here On his due time with Pastor Steph On a Wednesday morning So uh, go get that healthy breakfast Go tell somebody That it's due time with Pastor Steph Is on And whatever you do don't go anywhere
3: because we'll be right back. People with AIDS are people. They are families. They are mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, friends, neighbors. Just people. But if through my work I am able to save one life, to bring one family closer together in their time of need then I will consider my work well done. You know, despite remarkable progress in the fight against HIV, women account for almost 20% of the estimated 45,000 new HIV infections in the United States each year. African American women account for an alarming 62% of new HIV infections. We must continue to protect ourselves. If you are sexually active, no matter what your age, Please, practice safer sex and get tested for HIV. To get the facts about HIV, visit ageisnotacondom.org.
2: Good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Wow Wednesday over here. Yes, while others struggle to get through hump day, get over hump day, get around hump day, we are celebrating Wednesday. God has safely brought us into the middle of the week and you know we are blessed we are blessed we are blessed to be able to see the rising of the day we're able to hear the good news of the lord and you know we get to chat with our sisters this morning Or we get to listen to the sisters, our sisters, this morning. Okay? So, you know, without further ado, let's say good morning to our girlfriend, Vivian.
1: Good morning, Vivian. Good morning. Happy Wild Wednesday. How are you, Pastor
2: I am well, thank you, Vivian. How are you today?
0: I'm
1: well, thank you.
2: That's good. Vivian, let me ask you something. You know, did you ever have a hard time getting through the middle of the week, through the Wednesdays?
1: Yes, because a lot of the times I feel like Wednesday should be Thursday, and then I realize it's just Wednesday, and I'm like, oh, I got two more days.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: oh, my goodness gracious.
2: That's a first. That is a first. Oh, my, 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 my. Well, thank <laughs> you so much for joining us this morning. What you got for us?
0: <clears throat>
1: All right. Today on Social Conscious, we are starting off with some health news. The CDC is trying to figure out why New York and nine other states have been going through a listeria outbreak. So listeria is a bacteria that can cause food poisoning-like symptoms. Some other symptoms include fever, flu-like symptoms, such as muscle aches and fatigue, headaches, stiff neck, confusion, loss of balance, and in worst cases, it has caused seizures. So the CDC says around 1,600 people get listeria every year, resulting in about 260 deaths per year. People who are most common to have serious issues with listeria are pregnant women and their newborns, adults 65 and older, and people with weakened immune systems. They say the illness connected to this outbreak are scattered across the country. Some of the states are California, Montana, Pennsylvania, Washington, and Michigan, which has the most cases currently. They say women make up 73% of those that are sick right now. So there is currently an investigation ongoing to determine the cause. As of right now, they are saying if you have symptoms to go see your doctor, especially if you are pregnant, 65 years or older, or have a weakened immune system. So we know that people are getting real relaxed when it comes to just the common sense things or things that we would think are common sense. It's like washing your hands and covering your mouth when you cough and sneeze. But people are just not doing these things anymore for whatever the reason is. So now we're dealing with things like a listeria outbreak in the country. So just make sure, you know, you're being careful. Maybe don't eat out as much as you used to or as much as we all want to because I know I don't like to cook. But, you know, it might be the best thing for you right now. Because people are just getting too comfortable now that this, you know, pandemic thing is kind of a thing of of the past. So just make sure you're being safe because there is a Listeria outbreak going out right now throughout the country. Next, we have somewhat of an update. We spoke recently about Mayor Adams and his plans to use these vacant office spaces as relief for the homeless crisis. Actually, what I wasn't aware of is that there are already people hard at work in converting vacant office spaces into apartments. So Mayor Adams was recently led through three floors of 160 Water Street in Manhattan. It is a 24-story high-rise that had once been packed with hundreds of offices and is right now being worked on, Uh, work crews are busy throughout this building creating apartments with high ceilings and tall windows. They say a one-bedroom apartment in this building will run about $3,000 a month, and Mayor Adams, as well as other officials and advocates, are pushing for this type of move to be done for those low- and mid-income individuals who are in desperate need of housing. Mayor Adams said that New York City needs revisions and state tax exemption programs to help to provide the means to have more conversion projects that result in more apartments that would be below market rate. But I guess after all of that, the good news is that they're, they are definitely focusing on these things. You know, He seems to be very... Um, excited and uplifted as he was walking through these apartments and just seeing the potential. So there are moves being made for these uh, spaces to be turned into apartments, but instead of a $3,000 one-bedroom, they're looking for these buildings to be turned into apartments for, you know, the homeless and the low-income families. So again, they are making moves and they are definitely focusing on this possibility. Next, I came across an interesting story. So reports say that the Department of Justice is suing pharmacy giant Rite Aid for allegedly filling hundreds of thousands of prescriptions for controlled substances that had, quote, obvious red flags, end quote. And they're saying that this is being done amid the country's opioid uh, epidemic. They are saying that Rite Aid's pharmacists repeatedly filled prescriptions for controlled substances with obvious red flags and that Rite Aid intentionally deleted internal notes about suspicious prescribers. Now, we are always talking about how the pharmaceutical industry is very much money-hungry. And they don't truly put in the work to find out what is wrong with people. They just throw pills and medication at them. Well, this is definitely proof of what a lot of people have been saying. They're saying these practices opened the floodgates for millions of opioid pills and other controlled substances to flow illegally out of Rite Aid stores. Rite Aid is one of the nation's top pharmacy chains. It runs over 2,200 pharmacies in about 17 states in this country. The Department of Justice says they are using every tool to confront the opioid epidemic that is killing Americans and uh, shattering communities across the country. Um, So they are making sure to hold uh, these corporations like Rite Aid accountable. And, again, people have been saying this for the longest, and now we're running across stories like this, and this is just very messy. It's one thing to fill prescriptions without doing your due diligence, but they were purposely deleting notes and ultimately deleting proof of suspicious prescribers just to, you know, get these things out in the world. And this is just crazy. I would never think that it was like Rite Aid or, you know, pharmacies that are pushing these pills. But, you know, I would think that it was just people in the community. But to hear this is just that, And on to another plague hitting the world, and that would be guns. So on Tuesday, President Biden signed an executive order that he said was aimed at reducing gun violence, including changes that would increase the number of gun buyers being subjected to background checks. So under this new order, Mr. Biden directed the Justice Department to clarify the definition of being, quote, engaged in the business, end quote, of selling firearms. So they're saying that currently a federal background check is not required for private sales of firearms between individuals. So this change could result in more individuals being classified as firearm dealers, which would mean that they would be required to conduct background checks for all sales of guns. So Biden is hoping that these little steps are leading to bigger steps from the Congress and gun control. And I'm saying little steps, and those are my words. Way more needs to be done. But that's just me. So, of course, we want to hear from you all. What do you think? Do you think that this um, this new order that he is putting into place is going to do anything for the gun control that we so desperately need? <clears throat> and now we come to our wow story of the week. Now, usually I try to keep these stories um, to be a little bit funny. You know, I try to keep it a little light, but I came across this one story And I literally was like, wow. So police say an 8-year-old boy has been arrested after an alleged um, attack. He is accused of choking a foster child and cutting the child's throat. They have not said what started the altercation. The affidavit said the knife was taken away from the boy by the victim's friend while the eight-year-old was looking for a weapon he allegedly threatened to kill everyone the eight-year-old then allegedly went to grab a stick to try to hit the victim um they say however the other children standing nearby reportedly stopped him um it's again they're not saying what started it They just say that he grabbed this knife and swung it at the boy, at the child. They're not saying whether it was a boy or a girl. And cut this child's neck. Cut the child's throat. The victim is expected to make a, um, to be okay. He's expected to make a full recovery. And this eight-year-old is facing several charges, including aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. Battery by uh, strangulation battery-on law enforcement officers, and resisting a law enforcement officer. So These kids are definitely getting out of hand. Eight years old, and you're cutting someone's throat. They keep downplaying these kids and their anger issues and their aggression and their intent, and every day we see stories just like this where they are not even hitting the double digits and they're cutting people's throats, they're trying to kill their teachers they're shooting people they're you know stabbing people and they're the, the the age is just getting younger and younger and you know officials are just making excuses for these kids and no one's getting them any help but what do we know and this has been vivian with socially conscious giving you the news that we are following and remember if you have any wild stories you would like to submit Please feel free to direct message me on Facebook. My username there is Vivian BM, and come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners, and thank you, Pastor Steph.
2: Well, thank you, Vivian. Ooh, you know your uh, your stories today had a lot of detail, and I don't know <laughs> if I caught it all. So I hope our <laughs> our ladies caught it. I'm going to put in as much as I can as I do that quick recap. But thank you so much. You know how I always ask you to please hang around just in case we need some clarification. But uh, thank you so much for giving us our news this morning, and we pray you have a blessed day.
1: Thank you. You as well.
2: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Woo. As always, we got some news to make you raise your eyebrow. Let's say good morning to our elder night show. More good morning, elder nighty show. Good morning, pastor staff. Good morning, ladies. Good morning, our loyal listeners. How are you, everyone, today? Well, thank you. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I am good. No complaints at all. Amen. Amen and amen. All right, Elder Itisha, we're starting off with this uh, Listeria outbreak. And, you know, Mm -hmm. if anybody knows anything or has ever heard anything about Listeria, normally it, it hits women with, Mm-hmm. Well, more women its like Who are, you know, expecting And things like that You really don't hear a lot Of men or children or things like this Happening, to, you know In regards to this And, you know, why I'm going to push this story This morning is because You know, again, as Vivian said Now that the COVID Numbers are down We are now talking about Maintaining this Washing your hands and covering your mouth and, you know, the typical ways that these germs spread, and I don't care how, I don't care how much the numbers have gone down, we still have to maintain, you know, these, these protocols, these health things that we have to do, these everyday things we have to do. I don't understand why this is just so difficult. We're still seeing ladies leave the bathroom and don't wash their hands. What's that about? Yeah, I, you know, again, I think, you know, we did a story a, a couple of weeks ago where we were talking about monkeypox, right? <laughs> and all of these right. different things that, that continue to emerge in our society, and I think it should, continues to show the breakdown of our care, for for humanity right like not only are we seeing it by way of murder but we're seeing it by way of the lack of care we take in ourselves we're seeing us being neglectful in so many areas there really is a disregard for human life we are not caring about each other we see the breakdown we did a story about the fda regulations being lax concerning how our food is being processed and packaged Um, how often now there are recalls with food. Um, And, you know, that's one of the ways that listeria is spread, is that you've eaten something that has been contaminated with listeria, and then you become a carrier and you are able to, um, you know, infect others. But the truth is uh, there's just a breakdown in humanity, and there is such neglect. There's neglect in how we take care of ourselves. There's neglect for human life. And we are seeing it all over Absolutely, absolutely Uh, Thank you for joining us this morning Uh, Good morning, Lady Tamika. Good morning, good morning to you, to our ladies And to everybody out there Good morning Good morning, good morning. How are you this morning? I am doing well. How about yourself? I'm well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. You know, (laughs) I was talking to Shantice the other day, and she said, you know, I hate to ride certain train lines because a certain group of people don't... They're picking their nose, they're doing this, they're doing that, and when you go to certain restaurants, you know, you don't feel as clean. You know, they are not doing the things that they need to do, you know, the the uh, cooks. And she has this huge issue, you know, which we should, which we should, of, you know, always watching when they serve your food and they don't wear gloves. Oh, my you want to see some smoke in the city? Ah, let her watch you make her food or somebody else's food, and you don't have on gloves. And like Elder Nattisha said, this is one of the ways Listeria is spread. You know, and and while we're having all of this outbreak, is that like? Are you peeping this too? Well, I, I've. <laughs> I I think Uh, Shantisha is is, 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 is worse than I am when it comes to certain things. Um, When it comes to, you know,
0: because she panics,
2: you know, um, about certain things. And I do, too, honestly. You know, but it has gotten progressively worse, you know. And I noticed it um, right as the pandemic was transpiring. You see a whole lot of nasty, you know, I've seen it before, but people just don't care anymore, you know. Um, You walk into a crowd, no mask, you know, and like open mouth cough, no hand over the mouth, you know, even when they did wear a mask, they were coughing with the mask on as if the mask could protect you, you know, any type of um, uh, exterior, you know, if you cough, you know, it can go through the mask depending on, you know, or if you sneeze, you know, I've seen many people just sneeze right through the mask, keep going. You know, come out of the bathroom, keep going. You know, you never seen the water. You know you didn't get that water go off. You didn't take the time to do anything. You just came right out of the bathroom flushed and kept going. You know, and that's the person that's going to make your meal, you know. Or, you know, I've been in a restaurant and the cook didn't wash their, their hands, and, and I didn't eat there. It just so happened that, you know, I have a habit of prior to eating, I usually go to the bathroom. I saw the cook, and I was like, oh, it's time to leave. You know, there are all <laughs> types of different nasty, nastiness. You know, you are riding in a car beside somebody, and you happen to look over, and they are going to town. I mean, if they go any further, they go towards up their nose, towards the top of their head. And I mean, this is what you see on a daily basis. I always find that I have a tendency to look around from in a car and I happen to look at the driver and the driver literally is having a field day up their nose, you know, and there's just so many different types of things. You just don't care. It's all about you, not concerned about other people, you know, and, and a lot of times or part of the reason why we had this issue was I don't want to wear my mask because I don't want to wear my mask, not considering the person that you come in contact with who has, you know, a issue with their immune system. It's all about me, and it's it is getting progressively worse. Yeah, it 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 is, it is, it is, and you know it's it's something that we just unfortunately we really got to be careful about. Oh my goodness gracious! Thank you for joining us this morning. Let's say good morning to our minister Michelle. Good morning, minister Michelle.
3: Good morning. How are you? I am well, thank you. How are you this morning? I'm doing good. Glad to be here. Glad to be online. (laughs) Amen, amen, amen. good morning ladies as well. Ah, Good morning, (laughs) good
2: morning. So, (laughs) you you have this concern, you know, you're looking around and you're seeing all of these things. And, you know, has this slowed you down from eating out? Has this kind of made you... (laughs) burger <laughs> because it's like it's just not worth getting sick
3: yeah absolutely right I mean my family and I we have always been going out constantly to restaurants enjoying ourselves well of course when COVID came you know that all came to a sensation and then as they began to open back up the restaurants You know, we gave a little pause to how much we wanted to go into different restaurants anymore. And I agree uh, the way that the cooks, the service, that they act in these restaurants, it really makes you a little nervous to be eating any of their foods. I know one time my husband went to the men's room and I believe it was the cook there in the bathroom, used the bathroom, went right out and did not wash his hands. And my husband reported him immediately you know and that was thank god he was he that he had ended his meal but it was like oh lord was this the same man that was cooking my food (laughs) you know so it made you feel like oh jesus so you know you do not want to be in those types of environments so yes we find ourselves cooking a little bit more which in all actuality we really should be cooking more anyway but you know it's really giving you that incentive okay, we don't want to go out with so much with all that's going on. And we're living in a very selfish society. Everybody thinks about themselves. They're not concerned about anybody else. And I was just at my doctor's office the other week, and they were talking about when the mask. They were going to take the mask mandates away. And she said to me, well, you know what? I would advise, no matter what they say, you keep your mask on. You keep washing your hands. Because the COVID numbers, no matter what they say, because I'm in this doctor's office, there are still people coming in here with COVID, and it's very much alive. And the numbers are, and there on this particular office, were staying just about the same. So when I heard the doctor say that, that was enough for me. (laughs) I'm like, okay. I was thinking I was going to do that anyway, but that just further confirmed it.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we have gotten very lax. You know, when it comes to covering ourselves and, you know, we are really, really now, every time you turn around, it's a new issue, it's a new disease, it's a new illness, so, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we still have to make sure we are covering up because this Listeria is in nine states. Now, it might seem to be a small amount. compared to the, you know, the 51 states. But still, if, you know, if it could possibly mean death, then you definitely want to make sure you are protecting yourself. All righty? Ah! So we did cover the story, as Vivian said, you know, when we talked about the housing and the fact that there are so many homeless people. And Mayor Adams said he was going after these vacant office space, you know, and these buildings and things like that, so now we have one sixty water Street that is being worked on excuse me that's being worked on, and a one bedroom apartment is running about three thousand dollars,
0: mm.
2: and this is supposed to be for or includes. Low-income families, low-income housing. Now, when they started putting up all these buildings in New York City, in in the various boroughs, they this is low-income housing, and the 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 uh, income that they were throwing out when that they were throwing out was again at the same number three thousand dollars for one bedroom. Lady Tamika, is this really, and I'm not, this is not a target at Mayor Adams, because like I said, I do know that when all these buildings started going up and they were saying this was for low-income housing, I do know that you have to have like a certain amount of apartments available, you know, mm-hmm. for lower income. But it's $3,000 low-income housing for one bedroom. um that's still a lot for somebody you know um I I, I believe that just the whole state of New York the prices for apartments you know is literally appalling you know you go someplace else and it's a lot cheaper you know and I understand that the cost of living is higher and you know we pay things higher but gosh, you know, it, it you know, again, fine, you got an apartment, now you're trying to figure out where to get food. You know, it, it just becomes really, really hard to live in the state of New York as a whole. All righty, all righty. Uh Minister Michelle, you know, is yeah. three thousand dollars something that you could put out there and say, Okay, this is low income housing You know, this whether it's for the state of New York, you know, as a whole or a portion of New York, is this something that you you personally consider to be what they're offering as low income? Is this going to benefit the majority of people who don't have housing?
3: Personally speaking, I can't see that it is. Do you realize some people only make three thousand dollars a month? so how in God's name could they afford a $3,000 a month apartment? I just don't see that as a solution. Now, if the market rent is $3,000 and they say they want to do it to low-income people, well, based on their income, it should be the apartment, either 10%, 20% of what the market rent is to be able to give them that apartment. I could understand that. So if a person makes $3,000 a month, and the apartment is $3,000 a month. Okay, I can see them say, well, based on your income, we're going to have you pay 20% of that $3,000. So that's like $600, $600, to $700 maybe a month for somebody that's making that type of income. I could see that working, but I just cannot see that working for someone that's making that type of money. Even if a person made maybe $4,000 a month. Well, if they take and pay three thousand, they have a thousand pay all the rest of their bills. At the end of the day, they're going to be in a deficit, and they're going to start falling behind. So, I don't see this as a solution for certain people in low incomes. Now, if you're talking middle class income, that would probably work a little bit better. But we're not not if you're saying it's low income. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm doing the math wrong. I don't know, but I just don't see it. <laughs>
2: Oh, uh, I don't think it's just you, Lee, uh, Minister Michelle. I don't think it's just you. You know, um, Elton, I teach you, you, you have a daughter now with a child, and she wants to get out there on her own and look for a place to live. Now, these open apartments, all of these buildings being erected, they're supposed to be, All over the place. Like I said, even before this, this here with these vacant office buildings, these, this was supposed to help the homeless population. So let's say, for argument's sake, you had, okay, well, the people who are living out here now in apartments, they're now able to upgrade into these three thousand dollar apartments. Does this help the homeless people? Because the the other when they leave from these apartments, those apartments are not that they're leaving out of are not cheap either. So is this really an answer to our homelessness issue? I know it's, it's not. The, the The short and quick answer is no. Um, for if that's the actual pricing, then that is absolutely not. Um The answer to the homeless situation because what you're then banking on right is that this um, homeless person would need to go out and get a job New York City, the poverty level is about seventeen percent. The only reason why I know these numbers is based on my my job and this is like I have to know these numbers so New york city's poverty level is seventeen percent. The average salary that a person makes in New York City is about fifty eight thousand dollars. A year. That's the average salary for a family of four. So, if you then look at that, that means that they're only bringing in about forty-five to forty-eight um, uh, to 4000 $4, dollars a month, or maybe just mm. a little bit under five thousand. So, how then, if they got to put three thousand dollars toward rent, how do they eat? How do they have carnitas? And like we're just talking about basics, right? We're not even talking about Cable and luxury. We're not talking about a cell phone bill, right? Which I don't even know if a cell phone bill is considered luxury anymore, but if that's the average salary, like all we got to do is look at the data. All we got to do is look at the numbers in order to identify if this is something that is probable and it's not based on the numbers. Because if that's the average salary, we have a poverty line of 17% in New York City, and these numbers were based on 2021. I don't know what they look like today because the impact of COVID is still considerably um, causing people's uh, economic status to change. And so uh, we just saw a bank just collapse, Silicon Valley Bank just collapse. Right. So our, right. our economy is is unstable and so if that's happening to the big guys, then you could almost, they always say, right, if, if it's, mm-hmm. if it's uh, raining um, in, the poor, in the in the rich people's lives, then for the poor person, right. there's a full right. storm taking place. Yeah. So if we right. see a financial absolutely. collapse happening with our banks, then we've got to know then that there is absolutely a financial storm happening in the lives of everyday people. And this would definitely not be a solution not not only just not even just for the homeless this would even be a solution, solution
0: for the average New that's, Yorker. Right. Yeah.
2: that's right that's right no yeah. it's very true you know they're talking about the ad mm-hmm. you know you say the average is 58,000 okay so that's the average who how will the people who make less than that make it right mm-hmm. because again right. that's I, I said, okay, so I have a, a daughter who's single with a child. She makes good money, but she's paying good money to live out uh-huh. here. And she's supposed to be in a rent-controlled building.
0: Uh-huh. You have a, a
2: daughter here who has a child, you know, who's now, you know, maybe trying to look for a place to live. You know, single dads, you know, we have women, you know, uh-huh. a, a families, a, a, a husband and a wife. Who may not make that yeah. much together? So it's really, you know, my question is, okay, so let you're you, you're pulling out, let's say you're pulling out this this uh this these buildings that that were used for office. Well, they're still on prime real estate. So unfortunately, because these buildings are on mm-hmm. prime real estate, you're not going to be okay. able. To do like Minister mm-hmm. Michelle said, like a, like um, like Housing does or Section 8 does, that says, okay, you mm-hmm. give us 30% of your salary, and mm-hmm. that is, you still can't give them that because that landlord or whoever owns it, but they still got to make a certain amount of mm-hmm. money. In order to pay That's their okay. taxes and all of their, you know, responsibilities mm-hmm. for having the building on that property. So, property,
0: yeah. you
2: have to really be careful. Look at all this abandoned. In every borough, there's an abandoned building or an abandoned house. Mm-hmm. What are you go with mm-hmm.
0: these
2: spaces? Why can't the city buy up these spaces, take control? Mm-hmm. You don't have to have yeah. a quote-unquote um, government funded, you can allocate the, like a thirty percent where they keep seventy percent of their salary, and you work with that, and then you're just mm-hmm. gonna have to learn to live with the bare necessities. But at least it's something that you could put your head on the pillow at night and rest, because these mm-hmm. numbers here, that's not something yeah. that they're able to do. So we're gonna have to do a little bit better to say that mm-hmm. we're really offering, you know, the residents of, of New York something. And until we do that where the people can afford to live comfortably, then you're really not doing anything. You're really not doing much at all. And, unfortunately, this, ain't, this is surely not an answer to homelessness. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Elton I teach you, well, who's hiring the homeless?
0: Like, so, right,
2: get
0: a job right.
2: first, so, right. so like, it's a catch yeah. twenty two situation yeah. for them. So boy, oh boy, oh boy, and, you we know, really got work to do. And you know something uh, on that note too, right? Bringing up, you know, our, uh, my daughter, um, she, you know, was able to get an apartment, but again, and 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 we're not talking about a, a super nice modern apartment. We're talking about a basic older apartment with you know the old-fashioned uh uh utilities and stuff like that inside of of the kitchen old-fashioned refrigerator okay. and stove and stuff and and the young lady is still paying about twenty eight hundred dollars a month yes. for that, and that yes. is that's yes. that's it that's in the base that's a basement apartment of someone's house so i think wow. a, a better wow. solution would potentially be cause, um having some more laws centered around how these landlords are able right. to charge
1: for these cases
2: right. that right. may be a right. better place to, to start you know absolutely absolutely hmm. absolutely That's, I, I, I knew it I know and they, they have mm-hmm. this this I spoke to someone last night, and they were saying that there's a slew of people who are they're waiting they're still waiting to be evicted, and the landlords just simply want them out. They want them out yeah. because they they, mm-hmm. they anticipate that if they start all over with these same people who have been protected thus far, when they fall behind again, they're going to have problems getting them out of there. So they just want them out. Mm-hmm. They don't even care. It's like get out, go where are these people going to go? So you know, it, it's like you said, there, there really has to be a real plan laid out, and you
0: mm-hmm.
2: know, it, uh, until that happens. Nothing you you can't do one thing you can't hit one corner. you're really gonna have to hit all four corners if we're really going to talk about helping you know people to live and and live where they can just breathe because the two things ain't happening at the same time breathing and living <laughs> you holding your breath, oh my goodness, All right. <laughs> now we're talking about this Department of Justice issue where they're suing writing now i'm going to be honest this is nothing new they have literally (laughs) shut down in certain states they have shut down any um uh doctors from writing prescriptions for opioids they they have disallowed it and i watched the documentary on tv a few years ago and when this opioid uh, uh, epidemic became, I mean, it was just out of control in some states. There were there were, uh, portions of the state that they had to leave the state in order to get prescriptions filled. And that made it difficult because they, you, you, how are you going to start seeing the doctor outside? you got to travel to see your doctor. So now New York um, uh, Rite Aid is being snagged for not asking the proper questions or erasing certain things or ignoring certain things, and they're saying proof that they're suspicious prescribers. And do we shut down right it all together? Minister Michelle.
3: Well, when you said this is nothing new, I see you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, it is nothing. Else. I'm not surprised that Rite Aid has been busted doing this because at the end of the day, it's all about the money. You know, it's all about the money, and I feel that they should shut them down completely. You know, why should they continue on and go through one of these many loopholes? Because as you know, the way that our government is set up, there's a bunch of loopholes that. Big conglomerates can get away with just about anything. So I feel they need to go. They need to be completely shut out, put out of business, and moving right along because at some point they're going to figure out a way how to get around it, even if they're going to pay off people Mm -hmm. to lie Mm -hmm. or something will come about that it will be hushed aside, and then you'll see, well, what happened with that Rite Aid? System? Oh, we don't know, but all we know is that they're still operating. So, yes, they do need to be shut completely down. I agree with you on that point for sure.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, Elden I teach you, now Rite Aid was bought out by Walgreens. So it's not just Rite Aid. So here you have it, like Minister Michelle said, okay, so you just find them or sue them, but you've got some partnerships going on. You've got some behind the scenes, you know, and I'm not saying they're not going after the behind the scenes, but, you know, you've got some backup here. Is it's just suing them going to be the answer? You know what my mind went um, listening to this is that so when you write Aid, in my opinion, I don't have the facts on this, I don't know at all, but I, I almost feel like every time I've seen a Rite Aid, it's been in a very urban or rural community, mm-hmm. and the the, mm-hmm. the employees of right these said businesses are made up of people with from within the area. So it's not shocking if you have a business that is doing business um, within a particular community and the employees of that business are made up of people in that community because you want to provide jobs, right, for people in the community, so so you hire from within the community. And so the same impoverished mindset, brokenness that exists in that community then gets carried into the business. Right. So we look at we look at right aid the conglomerate and think oh you know perhaps that's the problem, but I think when you kind of like zoom into the issue, you start identifying that wait a minute this this particular mm-hmm. right aid is 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 made up by this community and yep. the problem is within this community. I think right. again if we want to if we want to get to the source of the problem yes let's strengthen. The practices. Let's strengthen. Like, so my my youngest daughter, she works for CVS, and she's a pharmacy tech. And her stories are hilarious. She's on 125th Street. So she's in the hood, Uh, right? (laughs) And so she's like, Mommy, she said, Mommy, she said, they come in there, and they be like, giving you prescriptions and when you open they be all folded up tight, she's <laughs> when you open it wow. up the date be like the date be like twenty thirteen and have somebody else's wow. name on it and they'd like just and they be like, Just give me my pills, just give me my pills. I'ma start robbing your store you know. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. You know, she's she's like, you know, when you when you zoom into the issue, I, I wonder if uh, and instead of just closing down Rite Aid, if, again, we go back to what are we providing? What kind of help resources are we pumping into those communities? Because the, the, the bad practices and the, the the way that they're figuring out how to survive within these communities, because if I get the job at Rite Aid and my uncle was coming in there because he needs some, you, you see what I'm saying? He needs some pills. He needs oh, yeah chances are I'm going to hook Uncle JoJo up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I work there. You know what I mean? And so Ooh, I absolutely. think, yes, it, it, it's, it's not and or it's both and. I think it's let's tighten up the practices that make it hard for that to happen within Rite Aid, uh, but then let's also pump some resources into the community to help. Well, you know, I, when Vivian gave the story, the first thing I thought about, I was like, well, it's those who's fulfilling the prescriptions. This is mm-hmm. a no-brainer. You know, they're not coming in there <laughs> taking it off the shelf. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, okay, I don't want to be the one to say it. So thank you, Elder Artesha. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so that's the first thing I thought of. The first thing I thought of, I was like, well, they, you know, it's not, not on-the-shelf stuff. That's not the stuff that mm-hmm. they're after. Not the stuff that they're getting. They're getting it from behind the counter. Well, who's giving it from yep. behind the counter? So, Lady Tamika, yep. I ask if you if you think about what, what Elgin Articia says and say, like, okay, we'll pump more resources into the community. Well, again, you're not hiring somebody in Jersey to come over here to 125th mm-hmm. Street to, mm-hmm. you know, to fill prescriptions. You still want to hire somebody from the hood, from the rural area, mm-hmm.
0: somebody
2: local, mm-hmm. to do this. Now, if there's a the problem, then where do you go? How do you handle it? Because like I said, mm-hmm. there are places. And, and let me tell you something. Again, these were not a Rite-Aids. These were mom-and-pop uh, pharmacies where they shut down the pharmacies and they sh- they took away the licenses of the doctors mm. writing the prescriptions and no one, because they start, they took steps. They were like, okay, we're not going to do mm. this anymore. We're not going to do that anymore. Mm. And before you knew it, the whole town was shut down. So, Lady Tamika, mm. where do you go from here when you're dealing with something as huge as a Rite Aid opposed to a small mom-and-pop store? Mm. Right. We, we have done the world a disjustice from the pandemic forward. Um, Like you said, there used to be a spot that you could go to to get such and such, you know. And we're talking about, you know, I, I, I need to take my answers. I'm I'm going to find some place to put it cuz Elder not to be stepping stepping all over my
0: stuff. Um, <laughs> 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 be
2: all in Sorry sis um, because
0: Sorry, you, sis. it's all right. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but um you
2: think about it in certain neighborhoods there's only a right You know, the the right. accords that we used to have in certain CVS they're not located. So if you say shut it down then You know, we think about the pandemic. The first place that people ran to was Rite Aid to get Tylenol and this and that. And these. And if you shut that down, then I have no access to medication. And here we go. COVID rises again because I have no access to medication that I need for for whatever, you know, whether it's uh, a common cold or something that's even worse. You know, you think about it. And here's the other thing. I noticed the progression of change because back in the day, you could pick up, I could pick up four or five bottles of Tylenol and not not be a problem. You know, now I have to actually get a signature. You have to see my ID just to get some Robitussin. Can I can I get better first? You know, there's all of that now. But in addition to that,
0: you Mm -hmm. need to
2: tell me I have to sign for Tylenol, but you can give me something from the back that you, you definitely mm-hmm. have to get to the heart of the situation because it's not the entire store. You know, it, it, it you have to put some restraints on um not just those that are working in the facilities, but those that are higher up. Because if I can get away mm-hmm. with it one time and, you know, get a couple of dollars from of Michael Booboo, of then, I, you know, it, I, underneath the table, there's all kinds of stuff that can transpire. And so, you know, whatever needs to be done, whether it's training, whether it's finances, what, whatever needs to be done, let's do it so that we don't have this issue because it, it gets to a point where now, you know, if, if you close down right Aid in some neighborhoods, that's all there is. So then that means I have mm-hmm. to go to another area to get my medication, and it can get worse, you know, th- those areas that um, consider themselves remote oh, we coming because I need some medication, you know, and that's what ends up happening. It gets worse and worse. Absolutely, and that's why when we started, I brought up that, that story, you know, from the documentary because these people, the legitimate, you know, prescriptions, they had to now leave the whole area because their area was shut down. And I'm like, this is crazy. Where do you, you know, mm-hmm. again? Where do you go from here? Because there's many a direction you can go, but what's going to be the most effective? What's going to work? You know, so this this is this is tough. It's tough, and you know, yet again, give give them an opportunity. Somebody gonna go buck wild. It doesn't matter what area mm-hmm. it's in. It doesn't. And I don't mean mm-hmm. area as far as location. I mean mm-hmm. schools. Pharmacy, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, doctors, it doesn't matter. This world is always going around and through the back door, and at the end of the day, you're mm-hmm. always killing yourself. It just doesn't, mm-hmm. it just doesn't stop. <laughs> it's like, okay, so what's next? So now here we are with the guns again, and now, you know, I, I did see this article, uh, President Biden, you know, signed some new order, and, you know, now you have to go through another... <laughs> You know, jump through another hoop um, about these guns, and we've talked about this at nauseum. You know, with uh, you know, it doesn't address the guns in the hood, but you know these other areas. You know, you gotta do, don't do this. You gotta have another back a piece of the background check and all of this stuff. Is again the question is, is this going to ultimately help with you know slowing down? all the guns that are out here you know now there's this whole surge in babies getting their hands on guns you know and now yesterday was it yesterday I think it was yesterday you know uh, I was in an uproar because my thing is okay all these guns are floating around everybody's got a gun in their possession the children are getting a hold to the gun but nobody's being held accountable so You know, it's 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 this is a new thing. So is this going to do you think is going to help with another you know, just another thing to be added to this gun control issue. Elton Atisha. Here we go with all of these tiny steps and I think that our the problem is too big for tiny steps. I think Um, While I understand that tiny steps are a part of the journey, ultimately, right, you you, you know, you get there, I think we're too far advanced in what's happening in our communities with all of the mass shootings that are taking place, right, like the increase. We're seeing more mass shootings today than we've ever seen before. We're seeing Mm -hmm. more Mm -hmm. young kids get their hands on guns than we've ever seen before. We're seeing more gun violence on the streets than we've ever seen before. That requires not a tiny step, but a big leap.
0: That mm-hmm. requires
2: um, some bold and, and tangible actions to be put in place. And so I, I, while, well, yeah, I, I understand and, and you know, I would, I would usually say in these situations that, you know what, there's no steps that are wasted. And I don't think that this is a wasted step. I just think it's too small of a step for such a big problem.
0: All
2: righty, all righty. Lady Tamika, you know, what are we talking about? Is this going to put a dent in the problem? It's like, you know, uh, getting a gallon and taking a teaspoon.
0: <laughs> to, to get it out, you know. Um. <laughs>
2: you got a gallon worth of stuff. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna make a dent, but I mean, a teeny tiny tiny
3: little dent, and mm-hmm. you know,
2: it has gone so far and so long until making little steps is so far behind, you know, and it seems like we're like that with everything, you know, you, you you invited people in without having the prior channels put in place, you know, and, and the same thing with guns, you know, now that it's everywhere, it's in our schools, it's in our churches, it's on our trains, it's on our buses, it's on our nav- avenues and our streets. Now you're trying to get it, you know, and so I, I, I applaud making steps, but we've got to get you know, a let's let's get a, a measuring cup as opposed to the teaspoon to handle all of the situations that transpire. All right, <laughs> absolutely, ladies, absolutely. Minister Michelle, you know mm-hmm. he's he's making strides. <coughs> Excuse me, but uh, is the stride wide enough?
3: <laughs> I do applaud him for making strides. Uh, the one question I have, well, will it even get passed <laughs> based on yeah. who, uh, yeah. in the mm-hmm. Senate to pass these bills? The other question is when you strip it all down, who really goes and gets the background checks? So we're talking about a lot of the suburban um, mm-hmm. families right, and um, the suburban communities um, where these uh, – Massive killings come because some of their children are off a little bit in the head. They have a little mental issues, so they're going and they're shooting up the school. So this here may protect some of that, but when you come down to the hood, are any of the gang members going into any of these stores, getting back with buying guns they would have to go through background checks? Are Are they going to gun shows? And putting up their IDs and so forth and so on. But no, that's not for that is not what is going on in our hood. So when it comes to that perspective, I don't see where that's going to make any differences. So we have to do something that's going to affect both sides of the coin. And again, I applaud President Biden for trying, but it's not going to solve it. This issue of guns at all, in the massive way that the way the guns are going distributed and how things are happening in this world in America, it's, it's it's just like a little Band-Aid, another Band-Aid on top of the issue, but it is not going to solve what we're dealing with. And we have to look at it from all lenses. And sometimes I feel that, you know, the government, they look at it from one side then you have the the gun lobbyists that they're looking at it from their side. So they're trying to make sure that they're protected. And it's just too much. And it's a, a hard issue to deal with, and I feel for President Biden, but I do give him an A for at least trying.
2: <laughs> and E for effort. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. <laughs> You know, it, it's, again, like you said, you know, will this even be passed? It, how long is it going to take to be, you know, a bill, a, a real deal? You know, so even the, the long, drawn-out process that this all goes, the stages that, it, you know, each of these things have to go through before it becomes, you know, actual and factual is, is still a, a long journey and too long. You know, if you talk about a week, that's a long time because how much happens in a week? So, you yeah, know, this, this again, a tough one where, you know, I agree with you ladies, you know, these small strides, is there's not putting a dent in the
0: huge,
2: gaping hole of a problem.
0: Uh
2: All right, I was Vivian. I'm going to come to you in a second to get. I just realized I did not. I started putting in all of the 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 uh, the charges against this eight-year-old. And good morning again, Viv. And you give us the charge of this that there. They're putting against this eight-year-old child who uh, slit the throat.
1: Give you the say it again. I'm sorry.
2: The charges. They're charging the eight-year-old um. with a few different things. Can you give us those again,
1: okay. please? Sure. Um. Uh, The victim is expected to make a full recovery. The 8-year-old is facing um, several charges, including aggravated battery with a deadly weapon, battery by strangulation, battery on a law enforcement officer, and resisting a law enforcement officer.
2: Okay. All right. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome.
2: All right. So you got Four different charges for this 8-year-old who attacks a uh, foster child and initially tries to get a stick, but when he's blocked from doing that, he ends up with a knife and cuts the child's throat. Well, as, as Vivian said, the child, you know, thank God, will live. Now he's got these four heavy charges. What does that mean for an 8-year-old? Lady Tamika, what goes through your head when you hear an 8-year-old being charged with these things, but yet they don't charge the adults when a child finds a gun and the gun discharges and shoots, you know, and kills another another child? Nobody gets that, but the 8-year-old can come to 4. What, what, is that really going to happen, do you think? I doubt it, you know very seriously. You know we we just had a, a, a young gentleman six years old, you know, literally shoot a teacher, Gentlemen, you I- know, and there there was nothing from what I heard, you know, even as far as yesterday, nothing has been done still, you know, and where 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 are we keeping these things? Where are we putting them? You know, with the the six year olds, and I'm going back to that for a reason you know there, there's no way that all of that that you said had to be real meaning that you had it up way up in the lockbox. you know you got to climb up on a ladder to get it you know it's too accessible for one and you know for for two we have to um really guard our children especially those that um may have issues you know um we're talking about a foster child so we know most likely there's some situations there um and when you have a foster like situation sometimes if you put more than one child together they may or may not get along you know we don't know i don't know the temperament of the individual that you know um that had the knife i don't know if it was retaliation meaning that you've abused me this far and now i'm fighting and now there's a problem or if the child actually had a problem because I don't want to assume that the child had a problem because we really don't know, you know, we don't know the circumstances of that, of that situation that made that child do that. However, we have to guard, you know, and there has to be a whole lot of things that are put in place, um, especially if you're a guardian in in a household, whether you're a parent or whether you're a foster parent, whatever the case is, you know, um, God is, is, is so, uh, Needed in every component of of life And if you don't have it Then you need to get it And if you've got it Then you need to keep them All righty All righty Minister Michelle Now You went after a stick You couldn't get access to that So you ended up with a knife And you literally slit Another child's throat At eight years old. Were there other signs that you could get to this point?
3: Well, that was the question I had in my head. How did this eight-year-old get to this point? What drove him to do all of these things? And it saddens me because we're seeing it regularly, and we're not getting to the bottom sometimes of why this is going on. It's very easy that once something has happened, okay, we're going to throw the book out and we're going to do this and do do that. But we don't really get to the foundation of what was going on here. And that's where my concern is. And, okay, if he, gets, he goes through all the system and he gets convicted and he goes in, in one of these juvenile homes is he going to get the proper care mentally and the therapy that he needs right. that he will come through this mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that he will be a better young man? Or is he going mm-hmm. to be thrown into the system where no one cares and he gets meaner, hardened, mm-hmm. more angry, and he comes out, say for maybe they keep him in there for 10 years. He comes at, out at 18. Worse off than when he went in, he's now a growner man, and now he's going to be doing even more things that are harmful and will be a menace to society. So we've got to
0: look at when
3: these young children get into these type of situations, where is it coming from? What type of environment are they in? I feel the foster homes, some of them are not the best environments, and you have some. really genuine foster parents that really Uh nurture the children, but a lot of them don't. So you have to examine all of these things and and then how are we going to ultimately help this young man, this young child, because he's not a man yet, a young child come into society and be in society as a, a fruitful person not someone that we would discard and then he'll just be in the prison system for the rest of his life going in and out, you know, getting in in that. So we've got to get to the foundation of what's going on with our children. You know, it's unfortunate so many of our poor little babies have been left behind, you know, their situations with their parents that had them. You know, you don't even sometimes want to talk about what they've gone through and they're not getting the help that they need and, it's definitely needed, and I'm going to just say this right quick. This is where our church, the body of Christ, where we've got to come into and um, get into these situations. This is why a lot of times we need the Christian person to be in these positions right. and social work and foster parents and stuff like that so that we can see these children and grab them up and let God help you to nurture these children and put them out there in society where they would be much better off than what's going on. So we've got to infiltrate a lot of these areas so that we can start saving the young because they are really being picked off, and it's sad. It hurts my heart. Even talking about it, it just gives me a sadness because I look at my daughter, and I think, oh, my God, thank God she, the Lord – gave her to us that we were able to bring her up the right way, but my God, how many young children, that's not what they're getting, and look at what's becoming of them, so we've got to do some serious work, but we have to do it before they get into the trouble, not, you know, catch it young, catch it and see what's going on. If you see signs that this child is, uh, something is going on with them, start dealing with that now, and unfortunately, that is not really happening.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, Elder and I teach you we've talked about this before, about our involvement and things like this, and I'm going to put this out here. I have never seen a time where there are so many angry children and young people. Everybody and their mama, they mad. Everybody. If you look on TV... All you see is a bunch of rebellious children on the TV. I want to listen to parents, and we're talking about from the presentation that the family is hardworking. They have both parents in the home, and they're just going their own way. It is not always the case. You know, we do know, because Lord knows we cover enough stories, where they, these children can't even get out of their own homes without the parent making them a mess. But they do, we do have quite a few hardworking parents. Like I said, you look on TV, you don't even want your children. We were looking at TV yesterday and um, it was a kid's show because Mariah was here. And I'm like, why well, everybody's mad. Everybody's just so mad. What, how do you handle these things? And like, Minister Michelle said, we gotta grab them from young. You and I have these conversations. We've had these conversations on the broadcast we got to grab them from, from young, and when they slip through the cracks, this is where we end up. An 8-year-old slit in the throat. What do we do? What do we do? The church has to do their part. God's people have to be everywhere. But what do we do? Well, we wrestled not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's Ephesians Mm -hmm. 6 and 12. That is where we start. We start by coming under the um, understanding of what we're wrestling against because there is absolutely no reason at all for an 8-year-old child to resort to that level of violence. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. When, when did
2: we move from uh, not getting your way and just falling out and having a tantrum to going mm-hmm. and getting a knife and slitting a throat? Uh, right. To that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and, we, and we can't just say that it is just a matter of what we're watching on TV. We can't just right. say it's a matter <laughs> of the, the environment that we're looking at. We can't right. just say because right. the, the audacity, the boldness. Like, we got to look at the, in, the entirety of that behavior, the mm-hmm. boldness to do such a thing. That is yep. not the functioning of that child in and of itself, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I'm saying there's something else at work here. Because mm-hmm. that, that, I mean, even Absolutely. if that is an environment that you're raised in, even if that is some things you're seeing on TV at eight, you have the audacity and the boldness to act out. What you what, what you're witnessing and what you're seeing six mm-hmm. right? <laughs> that's,
0: that's right.
2: And so, absolutely, I agree with Minister Michelle that we have got to parents bring your kids back to church. Right.
0: Bring your kids right. back
2: to church. Bring your kids back to church. I know. Right that the church is not perfect. I know that you are seeing all kind of horrible displays, unfortunately, from leaders and church Mm -hmm. people on social media, Mm -hmm. but I promise you that there are churches where the power of God is moving and working to be able to save the family, to be able to redirect the the, 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 the posture Mm -hmm. of our children, to be able Mm -hmm. to cast out. And to identify when a spirit is trying to take hold of our Mm -hmm. kids so
0: that we can begin
2: to pray. Parents, not only take your kids to church, pray over your children, parents.
0: Pray over
2: your children. Even if you feel like you are not a spirit, you ain't got to be a spiritual church-going person to pray. Hear me? You ain't got to be a spiritual church-going person to pray. Pray over your kids. No, no. That there is um, a God who is bigger than you, greater than you, and who can do what you cannot do for your child. Pray over your child.
3: Absolutely,
2: absolutely. And with the mo- with the minutes we have left, this walks us right into yesterday's conversation and my opening today, where you have, and and this is exactly what we were talking about yesterday. And exactly what I said this morning, there's a war going on over our children, over their heads, mm. all around them.
0: Mm-hmm. You have
2: in a school, and it has to be some schools by now, I'm sure it's not just one school, where you have, because they open up the doors to, and I'll give you ladies a chance to weigh in on this, and it just kind of nails what you what you just got finished saying, but you have this school that we talked about yesterday, and they've opted to open up the school to organizations. And you have the option of, you know, opening up your doors and picking and choosing who you want to, you know, come in and rent your space, and you end up with possible lawsuits. Or you can decide not to have any organization outside of the school operate In your school or you can say okay the gate the the gates are open and we just rent the school space out so you had the Good News Club that had been operating in the school which was a Christian organization who were you know able to because there's limited restriction on excuse me certain things they could you know pass out permission slips and things like that flyers to send home with the children to you know, invite them to please include your child in this after-school program. We're a Christian organization, blah 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 blah. Well, because you are choosing, you know, you you, know, you don't want to pick and choose. Now the the after-school Satan Club has now parked at the same school, <laughs> and they too have been given permission to hand out flyers with, you know, a little tear-off at the bottom that says, yes, my child can be a part of your after-school program. So now you have hell going on in the school because you've got, mm. just like Elder Nottisha mm. said, just like you said, Minister Michelle, you've got all the, this is all going on. There's all the war going on all mm. around the kids, over the kids. Mm. Now, getting goodness, mm. this is now a big mess. Because our children are now in school, we sent our children to learn, and now they're in school with all other issues surrounding them that they have no control over. So now you've opened up the gates of hell <laughs> to Jesus. the students, and we're trying to figure out how they got here. Just like you have said, we, it's not, it's not <sighs> enough of us. Not enough of us working together. And, and I, you know, we talked about it yesterday, but none of you three were a part of yesterday's conversation. So with the little couple of minutes we have left before Pastor Charlotte comes on, you know, what, what what's your thought on this is how we get here? Lady Tamika, we'll go with you first.
0: It is it's
2: such a mess, you know, what we... Um, everybody's just living their life and not realizing how important it is to safeguard your seed. You know, we're talking about children attacking each other with knives, uh, a, a child pouring bleach into a cup, a, to, you know, when a teacher walks away. We're talking about a chokehold <laughs> from a child to an adult. You know, these are things you couldn't even fathom when we were younger, things, you know, that you never thought about, you know, those types yep. of things. And, and we, it, it, it you, you don't want God, okay, fine, you know, and, and the sad part about it is, you know, I pray, you know, often, God, for every situation, for every moment, place us strategically, you know, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's uh, an auntie, whether it's a neighbor, whether it's somebody across the street, around the corner, you know, and help us be transparent enough to see, you know, and, and in, in every role that we can, whether it's a teacher, whether, whatever position that you're, in, that you're in, that we can strategically move and effectively move. You know, because it's crucial. You know, mama didn't go to church, so she didn't let her daughter go to church. So now you got a grandchild and great children, great grandchildren that don't know God and don't have a desire, don't have a need, don't have right. a don't have a zeal for God at all. You know, they, they know nothing. They're completely cognizant. They're just living their life. You know, children children are in the back room. Nobody's watching what they're watching, what, what, they're, what they have access to, what they're exposed to. This. Is how we get to where we are. You don't want God, no problem. You know, everything else is is touching our children. Stuff on TV. I, I look at some of the things that we allow youth to watch. I remember being in a setting and there was an adult there, the adult there, and the child was there. You know, and there were sex scenes, and I'm just going, oh my God! You know, and, and to me, it was bothering me. I was like, well, no, you know, she didn't, she didn't um, shield the child. The child knows all of it. You know, and, uh, you know, I look at youth now. They're exposed to so much, and nobody's oh choosing really? anybody, you know, and nobody's explaining, you know, this is not what you do. This is, you know, um, dysfunctional behavior. And so dysfunctional becomes functional to a child. It's okay, you know, because this is, this is how everyday life occurs, and we have to really safeguard those that, if you're not a mother, then, you know, then be a neighbor. Be be someone that can speak life to somebody's child because it's so crucial. Be able to pray. You don't have to necessarily be out there, you know, verbalizing the word, but as as you touch the child, pray. Do 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 those types of things because it's so important. Absolutely, absolutely. Night Itisha, the parents are in an mm-hmm. uproar. You were fine when you brought the good news up in here. But now we've got the after-school Satan Club up in here, too. And we're not comfortable with that. You know, do you keep your child in that school, or do you say, well, you know, I'm pulling her out, or I'm pulling them out, and I'm going to put them in the next school, and then when the Satan Club joins that school, <laughs> now you got to move mm. out of that school. What do you do as a parent? Mm. You, you know something? Because I'm from the hood, I, there is a gully side <laughs> to me, and so the, the gully side <laughs> to me calls back to first call, calls back to First Kings, and I remember in First Kings, there's a story about Elijah, and Elijah he finds himself surrounded by some people who is worshiping Baal. Who, who's worshiping uh-huh. pretty much a, 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 another God. And so he calls them all to the table side by side. I'm not afraid of you being side by side. Let's both call on our God and let's just see who answers. Yep. See the, 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 yep. the gully part of me says, no problem, Satan Club. Y'all can be here if you want to, but I promise you my God will shut you all down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's just, that's, that's just, See the gully side of me would be equipping my children how to engage mm-hmm. in spiritual warfare. Yes. See, parents, right. we are not afraid yep. of the enemy. We don't back. We don't back down from a right. fight. Not when we know the power that resides in us because of the god we serve so my thing is get real gully with it get real gully Mm -hmm. with it act like you act like you know how to fight stand firm on the fact that your god reigns that your god is supreme and that every tongue and every knee shall bow to the Absolutely. name of Jesus. So y'all just lift up Jesus in that school, um, the Goodwill, what is it, the Good News Club? Y'all just lift up Jesus. Lift up uh, Jesus, and every other name will bow to the name of Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. And d- 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 listen, uh, I said last week, you got four girls from the hood here, and <laughs> I'm not Either afraid, Minister Michelle. You know, listen, we fight for everything else. We fight for everything else. If they sneeze too hard on Mariah Mm -hmm. before Shawnice could get to the school, Shawnice is standing up there, She going to kill somebody. Eric. She ain't asking she needs no permission. She's there. We and I'm not saying she would not fight because anybody knows her. Though she's going up there for that too. But we, <laughs> Minister
3: Michelle, we fight for everything else.
2: But yet, when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to protecting and covering uh-huh. our children in a certain manner, we ain't got that
0: fight.
3: Mm-mm. Well, I tell you, Elder, I, when you, you took the word right out of my mouth. I,
0: I'm nope, sorry, so it's like,
3: my stance would be like, who got the greater power? I don't think oh, you do okay, because okay. I'm equipped with the anointing of God. So my whole thing, mm-hmm. that running thing, no, I'm not running. I'm okay. standing flat-footed, mm-hmm. and I'm going to pray, and mm-hmm. we're going to watch and see that the anointing will destroy every yoke. Okay, so Come on. my thing would be, right. my child is, right. I'm equipping my child, that she That's knows right. the God that she serves, That's right. but not only that, mm-hmm. she knows that the God she serves will always fight and defend and will destroy mm-hmm. the Absolutely. enemy. He will contend with those that contend with her. So my position would always be we're going to stay here and we're going to see who's going to move. We're not Absolutely moving. We got to go. Mm-hmm. And so moving, mm-hmm. running away, no, no, I've been taught that we need to see the backside of the devil, the backside of okay. running away. <laughs> That's what I'm going And that's how I operate. You know what I'm saying? And and that's why I feel that all Christians should be operating. And if we were all operating that way, he's not giving us a spirit of fear. Well, we got power, love, and a sound mind. Right, right. We got to move.
0: Hallelujah.
3: That's it. End of story. Withstanding Mm -hmm. and watching God move on our behalf. Come on. And, yes,
2: Lord. And, yes, ma'am. I think that poor girl yes, ma'am. We ain't having that. Yes. We not having nope. that. We don't want that. We don't want to We are, not want here's my yeah, thing. Yeah. Shawnice is not baptized, so Shawnice ain't fighting like that. She might drop Mariah off. But i tell you one thing. <laughs> between Shatice and myself, y'all are going to have to hear me do a dual role because Mariah has to be to school while we're on the broadcast. Well, every day I would be timing what I say on this broadcast. I put my AirPods in. We taking her to school. Mm-hmm. Because when we take her to mm-hmm. school, we walk walking up in there, and we're going to sing some, as my grandmother used to say, some songs of Zion. we going to be singing. We're going to get this good mm-hmm. news club together. we all going to be standing mm-hmm. out here, and we're going to hum mm-hmm. and sing and praise God. Mm-hmm. And again, I agree, somebody got to go. You may have let them in the door. You let them yep. in the door. But that God that we serve will drive them out door. So That's you can it. do whatever yeah. you want to do, but the fight is on uh-huh.
0: Because if we move right. our children
2: today, we'll have to move them tomorrow, then we'll have to move them next month. We're not going to be uh-huh. moving around like that. So it's okay. great. So hey, I uh-huh. could tell you uh-huh. to bring up in here, but I'm going to tell you who's going to get up out of here. Because this is not going to yeah, circulate ma'am. around my daughter, my granddaughter, and her girlfriends, yep. and her little other friends, and all the other children mm-hmm. and these and children are in the school. And let me tell you all something, and I'm going to say this, and Shati's just reminding me, and we're going to close this down because you ladies have done a fantastic job again. The embroidery machine is working, and this machine has been given to us, and God has said the same way they wear those clothes and they don't know what who's manufacturing these clothes who's covering Mm -hmm. these clothes, we are going through the back door and we put our branding, God's branding, on that girl as much as we can. God said Mm -hmm. she infiltrate the lives Mm -hmm. of those who are covered in anything that comes off the machine because these machines are prayed over. So Mariah Mm -hmm. goes in the school
0: with a hat. Guess who else had the hat? Every little friend she saw who saw it with the hat on, <laughs> can I have that? You mm. sure can. Do we have to pay? Mm-hmm. I Amen. know we don't. We'll mm-hmm. donate everything. And let these children
2: wear these things because when, when you walk in here and another child reads out loud, God owns it all. Jesus, the way, <laughs> the truth, the life. This is what's bleeding into the schools. Yeah. So if, this
1: is how yeah. we
2: need any, about Strategy. every means necessary. So we need Strategy. to make sure that we're covering our children, like the ladies have said, mm-hmm. pray over your children, do what you need to do, make it happen, and drive the enemy away. Thank you, ladies, so yes, much Lord. for doing and a fantastic job. We pray mm-hmm. that you have a blessed day.
0: Yes. Amen. Amen. You too. Amen.
2: Have a great day, Thank ladies. You too.
3: Thank God you. bless you all. Bye bye. Thank
2: you, Pastor Stalin. It's on you to shut this bad boy down. Good morning. Good morning, y'all. Could have kept going. I was right there with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you going to give us your word on how we're just going to make the enemy flee. You also brought up your granddaughter yesterday and how, you know, you cover her and how she needs to be covered. And, you know, we're going to close out with you today, you know, giving us our faith over fear segment, any, any, any angle you want to take it from. Amen. I, I, like I said, it could have kept going because a lot of things that I was thinking has been stated already, um, so, but as far as the covering, that's where, if we don't cover our, not just our own children, children, period, because there's so many people that are walking around that we see starting inside the ministry, you know, that we think that they're covering their children. We think that they are um, in the, the children's life, and some of them are really not. They bring them to the church, but that's all that they are doing. And where that we do have to go back to the old days, you know, where that these children are, first of all, are not in parents, in grown folks' business. Because we can all say that when grown folks came around, mama told you, get what you're going to get, get in the back room and stay <laughs> back there. So a lot of stuff that is in front of these children that we did not have. You know, so now we got to get back to the, back to the basics of where we came from, where that we have to guard our children is. We have to guard what they are looking at because so many of them are being their friends instead of being the parent or the, even the grandparent because of the fact that we are allowing these children to take over. You know, oh, well, I don't want him to fall out. I don't want them to scream and holler where our parents didn't care about that. So we got to go back to the basics. How many of us can truly say when we fell out on the floor, when they beat our tail, right? Good way of saying that. Beat our tail. So therefore, we got to get back to that, and that's where that now where we have to be able to be connected because it takes a village. So it takes us as us as the body of Christ to come back to be able to pray over these children, to be able to pray over the parents. Because remember, the we only have them for a little while, but they still go back to their situation. So now the struggle that they having is between. what what mama and them ain't ain't doing and what they're allowing them to do, and then they come back. It's just like when a child is separated from the father, right? So now they go over to with the daddy. Now when they come home, now you got to teach them what they act like they don't know. We got to be able to put back in them what they act like they don't know. But every time when they go over there, they go buck wild. Right? So now it's the same thing with the enemy. You know, it's like you go over to the enemy's camp, but how many hours are you over there? And now when you come back into the ministry, you always can tell when they go away as leaders right? So you know what's going on already in their household. So we got to cover them in the blood. We got to constantly teaching them the word. We got to constantly take time out with them and let them know that God is powerful. And when you speak it, it can change. How many children, it made me think of the little boy who got kidnapped that started to sing the song in the car and they was able to catch him. It made me think of way back when. I think that was what about three years ago, four years ago maybe now. And when he was, he kept saying, while he was with the man that kidnapped him in the car. Then it made me think of too of how it takes the children to bring the parents back to church. So it made me think of all these little things that we are, are talking about. You know, with that these children are raising themselves, and we have to be able to be mentors back out there. We have to be able to be concerned about the people in the community, not just within our, in our four walls. And that's something that we have to do. So, yes, we're going to cover them in the blood. I thank y'all for even when you were saying about that y'all make hats for the other little children in the, in the school. That's one way of covering them because once you have your head is covered, it covers your mind. So therefore, it starts from there. Then it dwells down inside the body. I remember when my grand, with my daughter was, my baby girl was going through the situation, and I used to take the oil. A lady told me, she said, take the oil and put it in her lotion. Everything touched all her clothes, and that demon got up out of her. Yeah, it is possible because the prayer does work. So we have to be able to take time out and to know exactly what we are targeting and, therefore, get the parent. have a meeting with them, being able to go outside, put some oil on your hand, put it on there and just touch them. They don't even know it.
3: And I know that it works because I've seen how God
2: has changed things around. So I'm talking from experience of seeing how god can work and people don't understand what's going on with me you know what i used to do this but now i don't feel that no more so we got to be able to come together because if we don't these children are going to take over the world and i said i will stand flat foot just like y'all said and let the enemy you come on over here if you want to but you ain't going to go back the same way that you came so we got to be able to know that we are standing for God and stop being the punk soldiers that God did not make. So let's come together and be a powerful all together and be able to stand and know who God is and know God for real. Stop talking about him if you ain't going to be about him. And that's my faith over fear on today. much, Pastor Charlene. Thank you so much. Another girl from the hood. You might come over here one way, but you won't go back the same. Ah, amen. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's broadcast, and we pray that you have a blessed day.
1: You all do the same.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm going back to the old school today. Oh, uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Number 62226. Whew. What a moment. Amen, 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 and amen. You know, I said, you know, while we were talking, I was like, you know, we can raise the roof for everything else. Somebody stepped on our shoes, somebody, you know, did something here, somebody kicked over the mat in front of the door and you know somebody, you know, we didn't like the way they looked and you know, we can we can go about life and make noise about a whole lot of stuff. But when it comes to the things of God you know, I, I used to hear, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to say. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know what to say? You just learned it. How do you not know, know what to say? You just heard it. How do you know what to say? How do you not stand up when you need to stand up, but yet I can't sit you down for anything else? And, you know, the Bible tells us if we stand up, For God and Jesus, they will stand up for us. They got our backs. The lady said it this morning. You know, the Lord said, I got you. I got your back. You know, we need to go to school. We need to go to the after school programs. We need to go to the dance schools. We need to really go to all of these locations and cover our children. In any shape, form, or fashion, we can. You know, we always talk about that. Yesterday I brought up the fact that, you know, all the children in the the, the church, not one parent is there. You know, whether they used to be there, whether they started the children off there, well, they're not there.
0: So it leaves
2: us as grandparents and aunties and, you know, uh, church mothers and, you know, deacons and cousins. and it It leaves us... To cover our children. You know, Shantice was laughing with Elder Tisha who had little Matthias, you know, she, I think she said he was on his stomach just, you know, looking listening to the praise and worship music. You know, listen, we got to do what we have to do while they're in our possession. And does that mean that we may have to sometimes go out to cover them? You know, it's imperative that we speak to them. And we help them understand who God is and and what what power He has and how they don't have to walk in fear and how He's He's with them, you know, all the time. And you hear little Israel say, you know, God, such as God is big. God is this and God is that. And you know, the enemy, the enemy has to flee. It's designed that way. You know, I thought I would pass out the day they said that he got off the bus. He didn't see anybody. And he actually walked (laughs) the back way, went up to the back steps to the door. Five. And you think about all the horror stories of these children getting snatched, you know, um, on their way from school. Five out of the view of where somebody would look out the window and see him or whatever have you he declared he has declared God is with me right God God is strong right when we put this into their ears when we pray with them when we pray over them this is how they can maneuver for that short amount of time that he spent getting off that bus and getting up to that door, knocking on that door, and he was covered by God. And like uh, Pastor Charlotte said, you know, the little boy who kept singing every praise is is, is to our God, is to our God, you know, and, and, and the, the, the abductor couldn't take it no more. <laughs> he put him out the car. Because That's how the child was brought up and knew, knew he just needed to keep, he said he just kept singing that same song over and over and over again. Now, he looks at TV, I'm sure. I'm sure they might be playing some other music in the house. But the the song of choice, the song he was given, the song that came out of his mouth, was a declaration that every praise belonged to God. so if you've got this eight year old seven year old sitting in the back of your car talking about praising God, no, again, it makes the enemy flee because again, as the elder Naitisha said, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. see he wasn't he wasn't singing against the abductor. He was singing against the one who was controlling the abductor. So that's why I said, you know, we don't even realize when we send our children to school that there's a war going on all around them. I, I, I told you a few weeks ago, you know, I was we were driving to North Carolina and I kept nodding off. Even holding a conversation, I kept nodding off. And at the last minute I would just, you know, pop up and I'm like, Why I'm not tired? Why am I nodding like this? Why am I and one time I just was veering over into the left lane. It was only a two-lane highway. And I kept getting out the car, kept getting out the car, and, you know, just, you know, trying to stretch my legs, trying to get another breath, trying to get myself together. And after a while, it was given to me that there's a war going on over you. The enemy is lulling you to sleep. But God is waking you up. And I was like, well, why do I, why I can't get to, you know, uh, uh North Carolina, what's going on? T- 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 you t- take the life, take the life, cut the head off and what happens to the rest of the body. So we don't even realize how we're under attack. I've literally heard that the enemy is lulling you to sleep. Because it just wouldn't make, it didn't make any sense. And after a while, I was like, I got to do something. Chewing gum, talking on the phone, it didn't matter. I was going to sleep. So this is why we have to stay in constant prayer. Because we don't have any clue as to the war that's going on over us. We have no idea when we're under attack. And, and, and someone said it this morning, one of the ladies said it this morning, it is very subtle. Low me to sleep. Put me to sleep behind the wheel of a car. Oh, that's a clear way of killing me because all kinds of trucks and everything. It was nothing for me to veer over into that lane and, and get hit by another car or go into the ditch or whatever the situation is. So we have to keep ourselves covered in prayer. We've got to call on God every opportunity we get. We have to make sure that we're covering Every child we know. We have to make sure that we're holding hands and holding hearts, as I always, you know, say. We have to make sure that we're keeping the company with God's people, you know. Even sometimes if you've got to stay away from your own family to keep company with the people of God to help to strengthen you and keep your head in the right place and to hold you together, you've got to do what you got to do. I don't care what anybody says. You've got to make sure that you're keeping company with God's people, somebody who's going to strengthen you and keep you held up. That's the only way we're going to make this happen is to give our life to the Lord and settle in and just put them that, that, that seatbelt on and let the Lord fight your battle and you stand right there grounded, refusing to move. my ladies the due time crew for coming through big time once again thank you for hanging out with us and uh, please we're at this point of the, of our closing please do not miss the opportunity to give Christ your life right now please do not miss the opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to us until tomorrow God spares. Where is Therapeutic Thursday? God spare our life. Until then, I love you. (laughs)